Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Okay, so this week's topic is getting ready to relaunch or to prepare for a grand reopening like they do all the time on Bob's Burgers. It seems like they're always doing a grand reopening again because, you know, somebody has blown up the pier or whatever. So <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about today being Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. I'm, I'm not sure that Bob's Burgers is our example, but um, how about we go with uh, Susie's Learning Center or uh, <laughs> we can pick a different one. I do not want to be a hamburger joint because that immediately makes me think of what is that? The, the grumpy chef that comes in and redoes the restaurants. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can't, I know what he looks like, but I can't, I don't know his name because I don't watch that show. Yeah. Well, it'll be one of those things that'll pop on in 20 minutes. So, you know, if you guys hear me random, um, you know, rattle off some, um, chef's name later on yeah because you know it's gonna drive and, me crazy and so. if one of you guys remembers it go ahead and shoot us an email so that you know we don't spend the next three weeks wondering who the heck this guy is oh no it'll it'll you know if i felt like googling it i could do that right now but i'm not going to <laughs> chef ramsey there we go okay so i didn't take me 20 minutes it did take me however a full minute so <laughs> anyway so we are not going to chef ramsey your program we're going to talk a little bit about how um if you have new ownership, perhaps new staff, you've gone with a new curriculum, um, or it could be um, a little bit about, uh, as we're recording this right now, we're currently uh, four weeks into COVID-19, where you guys- In the United States. In the United States. And so some of our programs who work with us, uh, you know, it took them a couple of weeks before they were completely uh, closed. Some are still full open because they work with a lot of emergency or essential worker clientele. So we wanted to kind of put this piece together for everybody. So we have a lot of clients who come to us who are looking to buy a program. We have programs who have been with us for 18 years and all of a sudden they want to do something new, something fresh. So we're going to talk about those kinds of relaunches and opportunities. If you want to take this and apply this to your program post COVID-19, feel free to do that. But that is not the only time you might do a relaunch as something that's not Bob's Burger. So we're going to go with Susie learning center <laughs> <laughs> well but i mean like i did a relaunch not only when i took over centers but if you remember um i had a very beloved employee who left the center and it threatened to completely destroy the enrollment at one of my centers yep. you remember what i'm talking about oh yep. i do exactly and so we ended up having to do a bit of a relaunch after we dealt with all of that. That should we should do that podcast at some point explaining <laughs> how I rescued that situation. Um, the other one I that would a be a great of, podcast to do is how to get employees to quit and think it's their idea. <laughs> yes, I am good at that. Kate is. We could also do one on how to fire guilt free because Kate uh, can do that one pretty easily. So we're just sitting here brainstorming topic ideas. So let's go back to what we were actually going to talk about, which is how to rebrand or schedule a re-grand opening. All right. So, so do you want to start or you want me to start? Go ahead and start. I'm writing down our ideas. Oh, our future podcast ideas? I was like, <laughs> wait. Okay. So I think there's a lot that goes into identifying a rebrand opportunity um, in addition to uh, community changes. So it could be the introduction of a new school new elementary school 
It could be one of the things I had mentioned, uh, a new curriculum, uh, maybe even some new staff with awesome skills that you want to highlight. So the first thing you want to do when you're thinking about doing a relaunch or a rebrand is what does that mean to your program? So think about everything that is new, everything that is different, uh, what you really want to stress and highlight. I know programs that when they get certain certifications really do a huge uh, event that could be classified as kind of a reopening. Yeah, I would say like a relaunch after you become NAEYC accredited or you get your, in Texas, it's the Texas Rising Star, but whatever state accreditation you might have um, is another great time to do a relaunch. It's reintroducing yourself to people who knew you, sort of, like they had seen you, but they didn't really know what you had to offer. And it could be that you've offered, you're now offering new things. So although your point is valid, uh, I think that offering new things, and it couldn't be something as simple as all of a sudden realizing that you have multiple staff that speak multiple languages, and you now want to make sure that your program reflects that with a multi-language component of your day. So perhaps there is one hour every day. Uh, Yeah, one of those. Yeah, you see what she's doing to me. So, um, so yeah, so some folks might take this to the extreme. So um, one approach could be new logo, uh, not necessarily a new name because we're not talking about a whole new program, but you might choose to do a new logo or freshen it up a little. You or might new signage. Oh my God, some of you people need to update your signage because if I can see the wood grain through your sign, you need a new sign. Okay, so let's make that. I think we talked about that a lot in Curb Appeal. So. So if you haven't listened to the Curb Appeal podcast, please, please, please go listen to the Curb Appeal podcast because I go on a sign rant. So we won't do that today. (laughs) But if you change your colors or change your logo, obviously, if you're going to do rebranding, please look at the exterior of your building. Can it use a little uh, pizzazz? Um, One of the things that I realized today is the number of opportunities in Central Texas for people to go do the Instagram murals. This is like the thing, right? And so even communities that are not in Austin, Texas specifically, they are starting to put these Instagram murals on the sides of their buildings. So think about that when you are thinking about your curb appeal. Do you have a staff person? who has that opportunity? Do you have a public facing component of your building that might lend itself to that? And always, always, always uh, get permission of your landlord, so. (laughs) Okay, and with that public facing, we're not saying that the front of your building. For almost all of these, at least in the Austin area, I'm not gonna speak for everywhere, but in most of the other places I've seen them, they're on a sidewall, but it's like a sidewall where there's a parking lot or something else so that it's easy for people to see them. And you probably want it to be something fun because you are a childcare center. So you probably don't necessarily want it to be serious. You may not want it to imply anything more adult behaviorish. So definitely think about the mural. And if you could, not, I ahead. just thought of one. I love you to the moon and back. That line can't be copyrighted. So don't draw the picture from the book, <laughs> but you could have that phrase and then a painting of a moon. Um, I think that'd be great. Or, you know, one of the other, you know, 
books about bonding between parents and child. Um, or you know, think Good Night Moon. Absolutely. Or think about Dr. Seuss books, but not obviously Dr. Seuss characters. Think about, you know, think about your program. So again, th- that's part of how this got introduced into this topic is think about your rebranding. So if you're changing your colors, if all of a sudden, and if a moon is in your logo, Carrie's example would be awesome. If you are really going to try to take a more uh, energetic approach and you guys are going to fully embrace let's say cat in the hat and you might choose to have a component that is just red and white stripes perhaps in a hat looking format uh (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about those colors carrie so let's how can how can somebody use colors in a rebranding if that's all you did how would you use that i mean it's very simple every major brand that is a destination shopping opportunity in the united states use is a combination of four colors. And if you're using other colors, please stop. Um, well, I guess it's five colors. It's black, white. So, you know, people can argue about whether both of those are colors. Red, yellow, and blue. A combination of those five colors is what you need to have. And don't use all five. No, 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 use no. We're talking like two. McDonald's or Target or Best Buy. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Best Buy is, is it yellow and black or yellow and blue? Yellow and blue. Yellow and blue. Then you have Target, red and white. Walmart. They use three. They use blue, white, and yellow but don't go more than three two is better two is always better make it simple this also makes it cheaper when you print Um, (laughs) i love cheap i I, i'm so (laughs) i so love cheap okay so we've talked a little bit about colors uh we've talked about one way to relaunch or rebrand might be doing an a a freshen up of your building and a freshen up of your logo Uh, so remember both of those need to be trans all of that needs to be translated into your social media into your web presence so don't forget when you go to do a relaunch to relaunch your website to relaunch your social media's pages or or platforms uh with that new look and and some new fun pictures and and maybe even your fun pictures have all of your staff wearing some really cool shirts again that's a different podcast but it's a great opportunity to introduce that as well so then so we've talked mostly at this point about the outside of the building and we're not going to talk a huge amount about curb appeal it's like we said we've already done the podcast about curb appeal but then the next element is what the building looks like inside and it drives me crazy when I go to a program that has an academic name little Einstein's learning center I don't know if that exists but or or something that has a school you know right okay little Einstein's school and so that's what the name of their center is and then you walk in and there is a mural of Sesame Street characters Ooh. No, those don't, <laughs> those do not go together. Those do not, that's for a place that has the ending of playtime or play space or child development center, not for a place that school is the last part of their name. So, 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 that's, so yeah. So, you know, what you're doing when you walk in the building, um, definitely what does the rooms look like? What does it sound like? What do your you've teachers You've got to have like? harmony. You've yeah. got to have harmony. The things have to go together. 
together. Yeah. So, so if, you, if you've got a if you've got a, a school or an academy, then there's going to be an expectation that even your staff might be dressed a little more professionally. So they may have polos on and uh, khaki pants. Uh, or the librarian uniform. Yes, but they probably aren't necessarily wearing scrubs with lots of fun characters on them or t-shirts. Right. So we're gonna you're gonna look at the overall presentation when you're doing this relaunch or rebrand. Are there rooms that need to be painted? Are there uh, bulletin board sets that you just need to sell because they no longer fit with your program? Any of that kind of stuff. But so we're we're getting the physical space ready for the rebrand. We've we've done our doc. Documentation. We've done our website. We've done our social media. Now I think we need to plan for what is the kickoff event. Well, so even with the kickoff event, so you talked about the physical space and depending on your reason for relaunch. So if your reason for relaunch is um, a curriculum change, so it might be that you now use a different type of curriculum or philosophy. And so you want to make sure that that all gets highlighted in whatever your launch event looks like. So uh, definitely keep that in mind and make sure that your curriculum, if you have centers or stations um, and areas within your program, that those all match. So you don't want, um, again, that more academic approach with lots of manipulatives that don't follow that. Or if you're trying to go with a more Montessori inspired program, or you have some staff who've been Montessori certified, make sure that everything out goes with that. Right. If If you're a Montessori program, when you are doing the relaunch event, the Legos that you have for after learning time at, you know, from the three to six that a lot of Montessori programs do, they have open play from three to six. If you've got Legos for that time, that should not be out during your launch event because that is not harmonious with what you're presenting. I think that's definitely, yeah, make sure again, it all goes together. So what are some, I mean, what are some things that you've seen be really successful as far as the launch event? What are, what are the things that you really like? Well, I've got a couple of things in mind and a lot of those kind of come with a what is your budget so please when you're thinking about doing this sort of relaunch think about your budget and this budget needs to include the outside of your building the inside of your building as well as this event so it can be something very community oriented and we actually did a a different podcast one time about hosting a community event Uh, so this could absolutely work into something like that some sort of community carnival because your goal here is to bring people who maybe weren't part of your program before into your program. So this is a way to try to get some new people. And then I think that there are some more traditional open house formats where teachers have their rooms open and they're doing an activity in their station. So I like to look at those also around holidays. So, I mean, what a great opportunity for a relaunch uh, in 4th, you know, around 4th of July where the kids get to make all kinds of 4th of July art pieces or in June and they get to do Father's Day or men in their life kind of gifts. Yep. I just went to an open house like right before all of the COVID craziness happened. Um, And what they did is it was a Saturday. So they were an operational program. Um, And so twice a year on a Saturday, they they pay their staff, uh, their lead teachers to come and all the classrooms are open and it is four hours and the owner is there, the director is there and the lead teachers, the lead teachers are in their room and it's just open and walk around. And if you want to talk to somebody, you can. For them, they didn't have a whole lot of structure because they're, for how they ran the open,
open house because their biggest selling point is their environment. They are on a former small hold farm. They have a goat. Each classroom has a farm animal that they take care of. (laughs) So one class has a goat. Another class has a rabbit. Another class has a couple of chickens. Um, So they each have, I think the infant room has fish, which is not a farm. But (laughs) so their environment was the selling feature. So all their toys were wooden, you know, things that maybe are updated versions of things that Laura Ingalls Wilder maybe had played with. You know, it was all wooden uh, and real life. So wooden and metal looked like scaled down items that an adult would use if it was dramatic play. They didn't have anything plastic. And so that it was all harmonious and they didn't have to put in a lot of structure. They just had to print out a whole bunch of handouts and the director and the owner were hoarse by the end of the day. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like they did a really good job trying to figure out what they wanted, what they wanted people to get from them. So that is a really important part of this rebranding: is what is your goal? Um, is this really is this a, a hi we're here and we've got a new look, or is this a hi we want to sell you on our program? So you need to also, in addition to the budget, you need to make sure that you set realistic goals. And how do you know if your event was successful? So one of the things I try to encourage clients to really think about when they are doing any sort of event is how are you going to identify if your event was successful? Is it... That is so important. Yeah. So So is it just the number of people that show up? Is it the number of people showed up said they had a good time? Or are you looking for a more concrete, like people who actually you got to register that day before they left the program? Right. So those those are what they call KPIs, key performance indicators. What is your KPI for this event? What is your way to verify that you did what you set out to do. Right. So uh, you think about the materials you're going to need for that goal. So if your goal is to have people enrolled, or maybe it's to hire people. Maybe in component of this is you're looking for some community members to work specific shifts. And so, you know, is your goal to have a certain number of applications, either job applications or enrollment applications? Is it to add people to your newsletter list? Uh, What would be some other um, goals that you would have out of a program, Carrie, other than number of people through the door or number of people registered? So if you were, say, you were launching an infant program, I would have the number of people who were pregnant who came through the program, the number of people who already had an infant. So I'd track both of those separately. And how many people paid the money to get on my waiting list and how many people signed their enrollment paperwork right then. All of those would be things. And then I'd also track how many people took the, I would have created for that particular type of relaunch, I would have created a Cliff Notes version of what to expect in your child's first year. Um, So I would have put together something like that. And so if I made 25 of those, how many of those were picked up by parents? Because that's going to be a leading indicator of people who see me as an expert, which is what I'm wanting to do with a relaunch. I want people to see see that I am an expert and recognize me as such or recognize my staff as such. So one of the KPIs I would have is how many people took that material that demonstrates that we are experts? Now, one thing, and this is just because these are the things that I have a tendency to make sure people, I really want people to think about, is when you produce that kind of handout, even if all you're doing is tweaking it and you're making it appropriate for your neighborhood, make sure that you've turned around and put your name, 
logo, phone number, website, email address on the bottom or top right-hand corner or top left-hand corner. Uh, make sure that information's on every single page. At least one of those things. You don't have to have all five on every page, but um, yeah, on every page it needs to at least have your name or the business name. And it's great if you can also have the either the phone number or the website. Yeah, I would 100% agree. So when we're relaunching, we're trying to make sure that everybody knows about us and why we are different. What is your unique selling position? Why is your program different than the program down the street? Um, if you've gone through a period of economic contraction in your region, then you've got centers, you've got more centers maybe than there is need. Or you are all fighting for your life because a major employer shut down or something like that. So part of this relaunch is to make sure that every Everybody knows what is unique about your program. Why are you the right one for them? So let's talk a little bit about one of the things that you mentioned, um, which we hadn't really talked about, was there may have been a, a, a community shift. And so one of the things that we did talk about early on was to go back and identify your market. Uh, when you're looking at your market and you're figuring out the budget for this event, look at this on a, maybe you might need to look at this on an even larger scale if part of your relaunch has to do with some sort of community change. You know, are you still relevant in the community? Uh, I know I've been part of programs and so has Carrie that were very appropriate and major employers moved. And, you know, the building had always been a child care center. And so people felt like it still needed to continue to be a child care center. But because of its size, it theoretically should have been able to hold a lot of kids. But there wasn't a community need for it to be able to hold a lot of kids. So you have to think about the size of the space that you have, uh, why you're there. Are you still passionate about why you have this business? Are you still passionate? Are your staff still passionate? What kind of things can your staff bring to the table in this kind of time? Uh, do you want to do something completely different with part of your space? Maybe part of your space now becomes a dance studio. And so you've scaled back the size of your program and part of your space you run out to a, a dance studio or some sort of performing arts. Or a restaurant or catering company. If you've got a full kitchen, renting that space out to a catering company for, you know, the 10 hours a day, well, more than 10 hours a day, the 22 hours a day that you you don't use it is a, you know, might be something that you want to look at. And I've even seen, I've only seen two of them, but I have seen buildings that have a small cafe or coffee bar and a childcare center. And so they're sharing the kitchen. Yeah. So definitely look at your program assets. Um, if you've got a big space, you know, can you create an indoor playground that can be accessed um, from people in the community? Uh, so even though they may not uh, use your program because they're now stay-at-home parents because of the community shift? Do you have a space for an indoor playground that can be used by the community for a small fee? So similar to, you know, the indoor play places. Um, you know, Urban air and stuff Mount like that. Mount such and such and something academy and, you know, yeah, the jumpy places. You know, do you have, you know, especially if you're near a, a bunch of apartment complexes and they are 
are, it's been raining and raining and raining and there's lots of kids with, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles. Uh, is there a way, you know, again, depending on the floor plan of your building, that half of your building can be still just your traditional child care program that you've been operating for years and the community loves. And the other side is an indoor playground that the community can use for, you know, a couple of bucks a person admission fee for a few hours. Don't let them be there all day for free. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of different reasons you would rebrand or that you would have a re-grand opening. The, the most traditional we've talked about, right, is new ownership. But there are hundreds of different reasons why you might be doing this. So I hope that this has been helpful. Kate, do you have any last thoughts on this topic? No, I don't really have any last thoughts on the topic. But I would like to say if this is something that has even remotely tweaked your, your interest and you're thinking, oh, I think I really need to do that. This is a great opportunity to use Carrie and I as consultants with your program. Uh, we've talked in past about developing a team of consultants and bringing people in for special components. Uh, we would be happy to uh, schedule a, a short time with you to just talk about whether or not this is right. Do you Does your program need this? And what are some of the goals? So we're not going to do the whole, I mean, I guess you could hire us to do the whole thing for you, but that's not our goal. Um, but we'd love to be able to help you brainstorm. As you can tell, we did that a lot even uh, during today's podcast. Uh, and but, uh, to help you brainstorm how you would use this in your program and, you know, what are some benefits to your community with your program in place. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.